0: Welcome to the third episode of our podcast called Conversate, where I, Aaron Gerke, and uh, Kevin Bender, the pastors at Saint Peter and Paul Lutheran Church in Houghton, Michigan, engage in conversation. On this third episode today, we're talking about the book "Spiritually Vibrant Homes" and, in particular, uh, what it means to have spiritual conversations. Uh, in this episode, we also have a conversation about the heart and the rationale behind our recent decision to suspend in-person worship at St. Peter and Paul for the next three weeks. We hope you enjoy our conversation today. Well, Kevin. Aaron. Welcome to another... Another? 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 Well, Kevin. Yeah, Aaron. Welcome to- Hey, Kevin. What's going on, man? Welcome to our third episode of Conversate. Cheers. Oh, yeah. Hey, we got some cool new microphones. I don't know if this is going to... uh, This is probably going to drastically improve the quality of our conversation today.
1: I feel like it's enhanced already.
0: I mean, the content is going to be lit.
1: Uh Uh-huh. The coffee is super hot. All right. Kevin
0: just made himself a... Uh, a coffee. We have a, well, it's like a knockoff Keurig machine, and you can choose which uh, cup size you want. So I've got this bigger mug, and I set it at 12 cups, or not 12, yeah, no, 12 ounces, 12 ounces. And then Kevin set his to 12 ounces, and guess how full his mug got? 12 ounces full, baby. <laughs> full capacity. <laughs> He's, he goes, I thought this thing could hold 12 ounces. And it can. It can. Just. Right to the top. Right to the
1: top. (laughs) Now we know. Well, Aaron, it's good to be with you, man. Yeah, buddy. Um, Jumping into episode three, that means we're in our third week of the Spiritually Vibrant Home series that we've been walking through, that book by LHM. Uh, And this week, you told us a little bit about what the chapter focused on, that is uh, Loud Tables. Loud Tables, and the author... Uh, uses this image of a loud table to talk about spiritual conversations um, but why don't you tell us tell us a little bit of what this image encapsulates and uh, kind of what, what it looked like for you reading this chapter and speaking on this yeah I mean obviously the 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 author of
0: the book has there's lots of statistics lots of different examples and the I, I mean in my sermon I zeroed in on one thing and I mean it's the thing that stood out to me it's just the that sad fact that um, that the practicing American Christians have less than 10 spiritual conversations a year and that, that doesn't mean like diving deep into like super theological conversations it really just means like talking about faith at all even with just a spouse not even like a stranger we're not talking about like trying to convert people to Christianity. We're just talking about talking faith. And so that was, that's kind of, I mean, to me quite staggering. So yeah, I, I wasn't expecting that.
1: I was going to uh, bring up that statistic because it was surprising to hear. Um, I'm curious, you know, when, when you think about that statistic, what do you think that church has done to, I don't know, maybe create space for that to be the case? Like, do you think, do you think the church has some responsibility here in terms of why that statistic would be so low? Well,
0: I think the book sets it up like from the chapter uh, before that really kind of established the fact that in America, we have this, this mindset of like a sacred and secular uh, split. And I've, I've talked to a lot of people um, even within the last week that said, yeah, that's kind of how I was raised that, you know, my folks made sure that we got to church, that we got to Sunday school um, and just sort of left it at that thinking that, you know, Christianity was, that was taken care of through church. And then the rest of life was the rest of life. And so I think if that's your mentality, like that I go to, I go to church to receive that word, I get it in me and then I go about the rest of my week and the tank like I don't know. I've heard people even talk about it like this, like the, the tank just kind of slowly gets emptied (laughs) throughout the week. Mm -hmm. And then I go back to church on Sunday and my tank gets filled up with spirituality again. And then it just like, I drain it out throughout the week. So, um, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's the church's fault per se. Um, but I, 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 I've at least heard some of that, uh, tendency. So again, I don't know if it's, I don't know if you can fault the church or the the culture or just the fact that I don't know, that's the way that <laughs> the way that it is for a lot of people.
1: So. Yeah, well, you know, um I think you're right. Probably not helpful to cast blame in any lot, but it does make me think of just culturally and societally, you know, we are a country that um I think at one time really valued this is kind of um, life or structure to your life, where it was church on Sunday. That was the expectation, whether you were really, you know, believed it or not. It was kind of like you should be in church on Sunday, right? And you saw, you saw a lot of church attendance, um, you know, at a much higher rate than we see today. Uh, and so, you know, the church I think is kind of shifted out of maybe the main, I don't know, purview of society. It's not, it's not societally as uplifted anymore, which. Kind of puts the onus back on us as believers then, to to take ownership of our faith, right? Yeah, I think I think so, and I
0: think that's what, I mean, that's what you and I have talked about, and um, our our staff here and churches in, in this intentionality of this series of spiritual life at home, is to put a lot of this back on our households to be the primary faith development incubator mm. obviously but our, our households together make up the church and the, and the church is obviously still vitally important um or that that's it's not to diminish the, mm. the the need for the church um to come together for worship and receiving the word and the sacraments and and giving and serving and fellowship um but um, but in terms of the ongoing faith development and uh, conversational uh, starting place it has to be it has to be in our homes uh, mm-hmm. and in our in our everyday lives.
1: Yeah, and that's obviously been reflected in our Old Testament lesson for Moses, you know talking to the Israelites about kind of having these conversations all throughout their day as they go. Um, but then even thinking about the New Testament, right when Paul was writing a lot of his stuff, he was living in a context where the church was, was new and it definitely wasn't accepted in their society. And so a lot of the uh, place of faith formation was kind of in the home. I mean, do you see connections to where we are now with maybe that early church home model that they saw uh, back in the Apostle Paul's day? Yeah, I mean, I, I think so. And
0: I don't think it—I mean— I think that this is the way that it, it's always been, um, even even in an American context that was a more churched context. I think it. I, I think when when we had that in America, American homes also were uh, experiencing that and living it out as as well. I think it's just so foundational to to what it means to be a Christian uh, home is that we have these Christian homes. Um, But I I understand the connection that you're asking. I think that our American society today looks a lot like Mm -hmm. that first century uh, Greco-Roman world that a lot of the New Testament is written to uh, in that Christianity is just um, one option uh, of religion among many. Um, and, And so, yeah, I mean, Paul is having to really uh, differentiate for the Christian people that being a Christian looks different. It's not just your religion, but it's your way of being. It's your um, your attitude, your
1: your faith, your um, yeah, the the way that you live your life. And it sounds like from the book, from your sermon, uh, one of those ways, maybe especially today, that looks different. Uh it might be this idea of having conversations around a table at all, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um
0: Yeah, and I, I mean I emphasize that fact that, you know, I I grew up in a house where we had a lot of we, we ate around a table. Thanks, mom and dad, <clears throat> for making that a priority. Um but yeah, my I mean my family does as well. And you know, I just think through my life like how much time I've spent sitting around tables with different people, um, in different locations, just I mean, literally breaking bread and, uh, enjoying that, that conversation and the places that that goes. And I think that's, um, in in many ways, an incredibly, uh, incredible spiritual
1: experience. It can be. Yeah. I'm curious actually to dig on that a little bit just personally for you. Um, because it's, it's evident that there's this kind of warmth, uh, and appreciation Towards the conversation around a din- dinner table, right? You did it with your family growing up. They passed on the table itself to you, right? So you have this ongoing, uh, uh, almost relic in your house that's, yeah. you know, m- m- memories of conversations. But what is it? What is it about conversation around a table that's so life-giving? Or you know, what is it that really sticks out to you that that makes it so meaningful to have conversation that way? I mean, I. I... I, I
0: I think I mean we live in such a distracted world I mean just people I don't know just the image the image of sitting around a table you're facing towards each other mm. you know you're 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 facing each other you're joined together around this thing this common purpose and I I just think in life you um, like in, in families and households, there's so many people that you know metaphorically have their their chairs turned in different directions. You know, um, one's looking one way, one's looking another way. Uh, I just had a conversation yesterday with somebody who um, uh, who who was uh, reflecting on the, the chapter, and I think on my sermon even, and said, um, "We want to make this an intention in in our home." Uh, we we talk about it, but, uh, we spend a lot of time just eating our meals in the living room and our kids have gotten used to watching TV and we kind of talk, but, uh, we said, no, we, we want to make this happen. I thought, wow, that's really cool. But they, they recognize that something was missing, you know,
1: so totally. Well, and I think even the image, uh, thinking on that image and seats turned away from the table, I think there's probably folks out there too, who, um, would appreciate a seat at the table, mm. right? They might not even have a spot for them, but that's kind of the beauty of a table too is in your home, you know, you got, well, as long as you don't bust through it, you got seats for everybody. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Yes. Yeah, so I have broken a chair or two. Uh,
0: yeah. Two. I Well, maybe more than two, but I can think of two
1: chairs I've broken Kevin. So, <laughs> and hopefully they're not the last. Yeah. Right. There you go. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, you know, I think as Christians too, and this idea of, loud tables being spiritual conversations and, um, having seats around a table, you know, who can you have a spiritual conversation with Aaron and where? Um, well, I think, I, I think you're setting up a
0: a conversation also for, for next week, as we talk about, um, open doors and hospitality and, you know, having, having our households be, um, you know, an impact on other people's households as well. But, uh, spiritual conversations can happen anywhere. I mean, we demonstrated that in the sermon when I brought you up to do the children's lesson, which is a an improv sermon, which you nailed by the way, three to, three out of three. Um, you know, I was I was thinking more about that though, and kind of where where my mind was at. I at least as as preachers, uh, one thing, Kevin. I don't know about your training, but but mine. I had a I had a professor at the seminary for one of my preaching classes. Uh, his name was Dale Meyer. You might have known him. He was the, the president of the seminary. Now he retired, but he used to be the speaker for the, the Lutheran Hour. And one of the things that he hammered home for us as preachers was that we are, we're preacher creatures or creature preachers. So he would draw this thing on the board where um, uh, in one circle it was the word of God. And then the other circle that overlapped was the word of the world. And then he said, as preacher, you live at this intersection as preacher creature. So somebody who's human, but with God's word to overlap these two things and show that God's word has something to say about everything in the world. Mm. So he wanted us always to pay attention to the news, pay attention to what's happening in the world. But Uh, as much be paying attention to God's word and what does God's word have to say about this stuff so I think that's where my mind is going in this spiritual conversation thing is it does not matter what the issue is it doesn't matter what we're dealing with what we're looking at everything in this world has the potential to be a spiritual Mm -hmm.
1: conversation or a conversation starter so that's yeah kind of where my mind is at and all that and that leans right into that whole sacred, secular split or the myth of that, right? Yeah, in terms yeah. of, you know, where God is. Right. He is out. Right, right,
0: right. So, yeah, we live we live at that intersection. Um, and I I don't think I said it well in my sermon, but, you know, we've, we've talked so many times about uh you know, 2020 has been kind of a a rough year (laughs) Mm. in our, in our culture, um, you know, everything from uh, COVID to uh, the racial injustices and uh, reactions to that, (laughs) to politics and then more politics and media and presidential election and just like, just all the noise of that, Mm. that, I think so easily distracts us and and pulls us, you know, one way or the other. When in actuality, God's word has something to say about all of it. And so, so how, like, what, what lens do we use to see all of those things and to speak about all of those things? If it's not God's word, like those things in and of themselves, they're, I mean, they're all temporal. Like they don't. They don't uh, they don't solve their own issues like God's word is the one that ultimately has something to say about the resolution to all of this stuff. So if we can't see that greater narrative and and figure out how to have spiritual conversations about that, um, then we just get lost and swallowed up and distracted and heads and turning and
1: spinning and mm. get lost in all of it. Well, and I think that <clears throat> sounds just like what Jesus said, right? When, um, he looked upon the crowds, right? And he had compassion for them. Oh, right. Cause they were, wh- what does he say? Like a, sh- a sheep without a shepherd. Is that where yeah, he says that? Yeah. Um, well, there
0: were, yeah, okay, go on. No, 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 you go, you go. Well, I was the word, that word compassion will come up, um, in the gospel lesson on Sunday. when we read the parable of the good Samaritan, mm. do you, do you remember the Greek word for compassion, Kevin? Is it can... splachna? You did it. Yes. You Remember what that means? Like your gut? Yeah, dude. Right? Like the noise that your
1: guts make, like splachna, splachna. Right. So it's like. Like I just had Taco Bell earlier, so now I'm did experiencing splachna. That wasn't a healthy choice. I, Molly, if you're listening, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not one to speak. <laughs> um,
0: Yeah, but. Uh, compassion to have your guts move to see something and, and like, yeah, like you you can't even put it into words. You just know like that's the right Mm. thing. Right.
1: Totally. Yeah. And so you have, yeah, Jesus experiencing that then right? as he looks at these people who he sees kind of being corralled by maybe all these other voices. Mm -hmm. Right. And he just wants to speak to them. Right. Just wants to show them the way, say, I am the way. Right. Right. Uh, and and I think you know, that's kind of what you're getting at is Jesus still speaking to us today, right? Uh, yeah, and I think, I mean, Kevin, you and I have been
0: talking and, and praying uh, a lot that um, in our church as as shepherds of the church uh, that word that word pastor in the Latin uh, language literally means shepherd, and so like our job as pastors is to Shepherd, a flock of sheep um, and we've been feeling this tension of <laughs> sheep no no offense to to the church you know being a sheep is not a derogatory term but just the reality of this that um, as we've been dealing with uh the realities in our in our uh locality of of covid and um the reactions to it and the needs uh, associated with it um, and the reality that it's present in our community and how do we deal with this responsibly? Um, You know, we've been trying to figure that out and do our best to um, make wise choices and proclaim God's word Mm. into this situation. Um, But what we're finding out through uh, talking to a lot of you is that, you know, as we deal with COVID there's a lot of you that uh, to use the shepherd and flock imagery, (laughs) it feels like a, a a lot of the church, a lot of our, our congregation um, are sheep that are sort of running ahead of the flock Mm -hmm. um, sort of saying, let's forge ahead. It doesn't matter. We're going to, we're going to keep going. Let's just, let's just go. Let's just go. Let's just go. Um, But there's a lot of the sheep also that are saying, Whoa, 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 Whoa. We, we're We're not ready. we gotta we we need something different we uh, we're not sure about where where everybody wants to go. and then, as shepherds, we've been feeling <laughs> all of that like uh, how do we how do we manage it? How do we not lose uh, the unity of this church? um and because that's what we've been called to be as a church is to be united in this love of Jesus and From day one, we were talking about the fact that Satan would love nothing more than to use any of this stuff to divide the church, Um, and so what we're feeling, and um, we're we're going to be rolling this out in a couple of other places as well. This announcement, but we're going to take a a a little bit of a pause um, as a church, um, for a couple of weeks, and. (laughs) this is sounds like a weird decision to make but we're not going to be having in-person worship services we're going to intentionally go back to doing just online church and here's here's the reason because as in this shepherding imagery some some are running ahead some are behind it feels like we need to just pasture for a minute like all at the same place like you know, Psalm 23 language, <laughs> uh, lead me beside some quiet and still waters. And we want those of you who are ready to forge ahead to pause and turn around and look and say, Holy smokes, there's a lot of the church that's not ready. And we want those of you that aren't ready to also see that some are ready to forge ahead. And maybe it's also time for you to maybe take a kind of a step forward as well into a common place and the only common place <laughs> that we can find right now where everybody can go <laughs> is our <laughs> our digital presence. Um now that sounds a little bit weird because we spent so much time hoping that that wouldn't need to be our reality. We can't wait to just get back to being in person and just get be- let's just get back to, you know, shaking hands and hugging and getting it over with and but in the, in the real world in which we live, we know that that's not a reality. And so yeah. what God is speaking to us in the midst of all of this is we need to find that common place, that common peace, that common unity. And we're going to do that by taking a break. I don't, I don't even know if it's saying taking a break. I, I might want to say it like we're just going to change our meeting location. Yeah. <laughs> so our meeting location is not going to be at 1010 Madeline Street, but... Uh, digitally and in your homes uh, for just a couple of couple of weeks. That's that's a
1: lot of me talking, Kevin. I don't know if that made sense. It it made sense to me. Um, I love the imagery of the sheep and the pasture in Psalm twenty three. And I mean, we hear so much language in the Bible that uses that shepherd and sheep talk. And I think a lot of us can identify really well as sheep, especially when we think of you know, the parable of the 99 and understanding myself as that, you know, I, I've been that one sheep right. that Jesus came after, you know, pull me back and and into his, into his household. Uh, uh, you know, so the angels are praising and, and that's what he does for all the sheep that get kind of pulled back in and, uh, and regrouped. Um, and we want to take our lead from, well, the good shepherd, right? I mean, so we're shepherds, right? But under shepherds always, right. Jesus being that that lead shepherd. Um, I guess thinking about, you know, kind of your comments on preacher creatures, right? You know, word of God and what's going on. Thinking also of Jesus, seeing the crowds and his compassion. Uh, I mean, what is uh, what is that word of God? Is there a particular word of God for you that is? Helped crystallize or give some clarity towards this decision and moving forward. You know, some word of God that said, "You know what? I think I think this is what we need to do as church."
0: Yeah. Um. I I spend a lot of my time. It, it may seem like I spend a lot of my time talking. I don't spend a lot of my time talking. I spend a lot of my time listening. Um, and I've been I've been listening, um, to the people of God um and 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 trying to listen to god <laughs> speak mm-hmm. to me in the midst of listening to these people that that word of god being applied to our situation and and i i'm just i'm hearing i'm hearing from sheep that are all over the place you know mm-hmm. and like i said just that psalm 23 language is is really resonating um with me uh sunday morning i i came to church uh super early uh and i went and sat in the in the in the dark sanctuary a lot of this stuff was uh, weighing pretty heavy on I me mean, before church uh i didn't i didn't know what it was but nothing was sitting right and i kept th- i just kept thinking like how do we how do we find a commonality together where is this place how do we do this together and i i couldn't find I couldn't find a peaceful <laughs> resolution for us to pasture together except for this, um, this on online opportunity. I, I sat in the church by myself, uh, for a good hour while it was dark. Um, and we've got, uh, I think the technical term is it's called a sanctuary lamp, um, mm-hmm. or the eternal candle. It's sometimes called, mm-hmm. um, in our church, it's the eternal lamp because it's, a, or it's electronic <laughs> <laughs> or eternal light bulb. I don't know. Um, but there's, there's a red light. Um, a lot of times you don't see it during church because everything's bright and that, that one light is on, it's in a red canister. But when I was in there in the dark, that one little light was just, uh, shining, uh, mm-hmm. into the darkness, you know and um, all those images of Jesus, you know, and Jesus says, "I'm, uh, I'm the light of the world, right? Um, the, the, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness uh, cannot overcome it." Like we just, oh man, this world, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> feels so dark and heavy, so much. And I know so many of you are wrestling in big, big ways, um, and I, I just, I, I want to just proclaim the clarity and the simplicity of that good news of Jesus over and over again. I want that light of Jesus to shine into your darkness. We have to listen to the light of Jesus, not the noise of this world, Mm -hmm. not the noise of the world. The noise of the world is noise. It's just noise. It's just noise. But the light of Jesus, if you see it, it's shining brightly, right? And and I and I want you to to come around that and gather and and see it, so that we can then
1: take some steps forward as a church. Totally. Well, I mean that Psalm twenty three then lines up real well. Uh, that idea of you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, right? Right. I think the enemies today. I mean, like you've said many times, it's well it's Satan trying right. to divide. Um, you know, it's it's this pandemic in one sense as a as a attack on health, right? You know, and a scare for a lot of people, but that table is still prepared. Right. Right. Uh, and my cup runs over, right?
0: Right. Yeah. When we come to the table of Jesus, he fills up that cup and I think that brings us back full circle to this <laughs> this whole idea of <laughs> loud tables, right? Mm-hmm. I mean I think there's something they uh, don't use this term loosely, but almost like sacramental um, about being around tables with people. Right. I mean, the Lord's supper is, a we say it's a foretaste of the feast to come. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a glimpse, a taste of this forever feast that Jesus has promised. And I think w- we get in, in similar ways, not, not in the same way, but in similar ways around a household table as well, breaking bread, There's that's a holy experience. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a it's this coming together around a commonality around that that common purpose. um, And that is a foretaste of the feast that is to come in heaven for all of eternity where all of God's people gather together uh, around this table. People from every tribe and nation and tongue right? Crying out (laughs) to the lamb of God who sits on the throne, right? I mean, it's just, it's beautiful imagery. And I think, I mean, we gotta find those ways for us to come around a table. And what we're going to try to do for just a couple of weeks here is find that commonality again, in the simplicity of God's word, hoping that nobody runs ahead and gets into any danger and nobody gets Mm -hmm. left
1: behind.
0: So that's, that's what what I'm thinking about.
1: Yeah. it sounds like we all got a place at the table. Yeah. Um, you know, I like that imagery too of, you know, we're all going to be for the next couple of weeks, it sounds like, around in our own tables or maybe in the living room on some couches <laughs> right. uh, around, but but still together and gathered as households Right. and yet still you know, mysteriously by God's power and his grace, I mean, connected and together as one larger household of right. Saints Peter and Paul.
0: Amen. That's that's the idea. So, if you're hearing this, if you've sat through all this and are, and are listening to this and, and thinking, I don't know about this. <laughs> I don't know about this idea. You know, that's I, I don't like it. I don't like the sound of that. Um. Uh, I pray. I pray that we can all find a place of humility in this. Um, and, and if you're thinking, man, I, I just, I want things to get back to normal. <laughs> mm. You and me both. Right. Um, but ultimately wh- wh- I, I pray that we can all find that, um, that, that same Shepherd that same pasturing place that same light of the world that same table, um, so um, this may be a hard thing for some of you to hear. Um, honestly, it's kind of a hard thing. That's not kind of a hard thing. It's been a very very hard decision uh, to make, um, but a trust that that this is a good a good thing to do um, that we can pasture uh, together uh, for a little bit. All right, that sound good, buddy?
1: That sounds great,
0: man. All right, to all of you, we love you. We love you. Um, we love being your pastors. Um, it's a joy <laughs> to shepherd you, um, and that's why we want to do this uh, together. So uh, continue to support uh, and support your church and uh, pray for us and uh, pray for your church as a whole and for those that uh, will continue to uh, come to this table with us and join this family of God. All right. I think that's enough for today. So have a blessed rest of your day. We'll see you or hear you or not. We we won't hear you. You'll hear us. (laughs) I don't know how to end this thing other than to say thanks for joining us at Conversate today. God
1: bless your conversations. (laughs) Cheers, Kevin. Thanks.